0: When God calls you to do something, it's going to take a sacrifice, mm-hmm. and also it's going to require you to tear down the things that you had before, which is actually really important. Because if you study the kings, you'll understand that that was the problem with almost every king. The vast majority of the kings, is they would come into power, and even if they were trying to live right, they it says that they did it would say in the scripture they did right mm-hmm. in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. But they did not tear down the altars. Yeah. And so, what they did was, every time they did not tear down an altar, they, they left the bridge back to the past.
1: Amen.
0: That's a big problem. And it was actually... So, you know, like the other day, you know, David said, I was a stumbling block to you because I left that video here. You know, that would be like not tearing down an altar. David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but he left an altar. You see what I'm saying? And so, that's where we, have to, we do got to take responsibility for those things. Like, man... Should have torn down that altar, you know? If I had just torn down that altar, everybody else would have been fine. Never yeah. would have even fine. You see? And so that's a higher level of responsibility. You're, you're, you're getting rid of those things. I remember when the Lord told me to get rid of my whiskey at the house, I left my whiskey glasses mm. in the cupboard. Which led me back to a compromise, which was detrimental at a point in my life. And so... When I messed it up real bad that night, I not only did I repent, but I tore down my altar and I got rid of my whiskey glasses. Mm. And I like those whiskey glasses, mm-hmm. you know. But they were a bridge back to the past. Yeah, they were a bridge back to what God had already told me: to stop compromising. And I just left them there as an opportunity. Well, I'll just leave them there. What's the point? Why even have the glasses if I'm never gonna drink whiskey again, mm-hmm. right? But I left them there. The altars of um, our other gods um, must be torn down, mm-hmm. to be sold out. That's good. And it's not even about you. It's about your children. It's about the next generation. It's about your influence. The altars, mm-hmm. your altars in your life directly affect, uh, 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 influence um, those that you, that you influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, it, I'm sorry, let's say that again. The, the altars in your life directly affect how you influence others. Okay. Well, if you don't tear down the altars in your life, then, then, then the ones that you are taking under your wing, the ones that you are raising up as children, or the ones that you're discipling, those people will have opportunity to fall back into mm-hmm. the, your old sin because you didn't tear down that altar. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the difference between trans, uh, sin, trans, trespass, transgression, and iniquity. Okay. okay? So your sin okay, is just simply missing the mark, okay? Missing God's mark. Now, this can be like an all-encompassing your whole life. You just missed the mark, you know what I mean? But it can also be to miss the mark, like if I'm shooting at a target and I miss the target, okay? That would be sin, okay? It's to not be perfect. Make sense? Uh, Not perfect. Make Almost, I mean, if I miss a note when I'm playing. Yeah. You know, that's like a sin in music. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Alright, that's missing the mark. Number two. You have trespass. Is <clears throat> to pass over your rights. Basically to cross the line. You know, uh, trespass would be to, like, an adultery. You know, I'm committing adultery. I cross the line. That doesn't belong to me. You see what I'm saying? Trespass is to Cross the line to uh, overstep your boundaries and your rights, or to even think that you have certain rights that really don't belong to you. Yeah. Um, then you have transgression. Is <coughs> to choose to cross the line uh, intentionally. You know it's wrong, but you still did it anyway. That would be transgression. That's good. Okay. Number four is iniquity. <coughs> this is uh, to be willfully lawless. Hmm. Right? To watch To be willfully lawless without fear of punishment. Hmm.
1: Uh
0: Practice to a level that grows to an unnatural affections without repentance. A reprobate mind. Okay? Um, so, what you'll notice on this is uh, there's, also, there's also some Christians that are like this. You know, they continue to be in sin and they think because of grace that they will not have to answer for their sin. Right? But that's actually a faulted faith. You put your faith in Jesus, and the scripture says that you put your faith in Jesus so that you will overcome sin, not so that you will succumb to sin. You got that? Say that again. Some people believe that grace is a license to sin. Mm -hmm. In other words, they think, well, because God will forgive me, and I can do whatever I want to do, he'll always forgive me, and I'll just do whatever I want to do, God's going to forgive me anyway. That's okay. God will forgive me. That's called iniquity. And it's actually not faith, because you have misstepped. You have, if you say that, I question you as, as being saved. If you say, God gave me grace, I can sin, because God's going to forgive me anyway, you're going straight to hell. Just saying. <laughs> if, you think that because, if you think that the cross and the resurrection now allows you to sin and not get away with it, you're going straight to hell. <coughs> you missed the whole point. Of the gospel, the whole point of the gospel isn't to allow you to keep sinning. The whole point of the gospel is to overcome the works of the devil. First, gen- let's go over here to First John real quick. Get it? Now, now, I'm, what I'm saying is real hard. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cover it with some mercy here in a minute. Okay, so bear with me. All right. chapter 3 verse 4 everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness sin is lawlessness you know that he appeared to take away sins and in him there is no sin no one who abides in him keeps on sinning no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him little children let no one deceive you whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning, because he's been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is the one who does not love his brother. All right, so we're talking about what Jesus says when he says, A good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. We're not talking about works-based, or works-based salvation here. We're talking about your new identity. Whenever you have a new identity in Christ and you've been born of God, you cannot keep on sinning. Okay? Because you know right and wrong. And you're being led by the Spirit. Now, you're not being led by law. No, don't get me wrong. Now, what people will do is, they'll, oh, well, man, I just keep on messing up. How, how, what about now? Well, first of all, um, there's a difference between having a mindset of thinking you're still in bondage... Okay, And then willfully continuing to sin. That's different. We're talking about iniquity here. Iniquity is to willfully sin uh, without fear of punishment. Yeah.
1: It's
0: good. You want to sin, and you want to get away with it. That's, you're not a Christian if, you, if you're like this. Does that make sense? You can't call yourself a Christian at this point. Um, or, or you just are strongly deceived. Okay. Mm and i know i know cuz i've met people that are strongly deceived but again we're talking about a misstep here but even those people listen even those people that are strongly deceived they know in their hearts that what they're doing is wrong they know it okay i know cuz i've talked to them you know you get down to the nitty gritty and they're they've been willfully sinning they're trying to make sense of the, they're trying to make sense of this whole thing they've heard a lot of bad teaching You know? They've heard a lot of different people's opinions. And next thing you know, they don't know what to do. And they're right in the middle of it. You know? But when you ask them, hey man, how do you feel about that? Man, I don't have any peace about that. I keep on doing this sin, and I know it's sin. I don't have peace about it. So those, what I'm saying is, those who are born of God, they recognize that what they're doing is wrong, and they can't live with themselves on it. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I'm not saying that we don't have hang-ups and stuff like that. I'm saying that we can't keep on sinning. Now watch this. <coughs> Over this, it says, "Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him." Whoever keeps the commandments, right? First John, same book, just a couple, couple chapters before, it says, "This is the message we have heard from God and proclaimed to you: that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie, and do not practice the truth." Now watch that. We lie. In other words, we live a lie. But we do not practice the truth. We know the truth, but we're not practicing the truth. Got to practice it. You see, if we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie. You see that? If we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie. You see? He's talking about living a lie. You know, we're talking. Okay, listen. When it comes down to being saved, it's about it's about your new creation at this yeah. point. It's not about your works and being be, be, getting saved. When I, Everything I said a second ago had nothing to do with you trying to get saved by your works. It had to do with your new identity in Christ, and now that you're in Christ, you can't keep on sinning. Does that make sense? It's yeah. just like planting an apple tree. Apple trees don't bear oranges. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and if, it, if it did, it would be living a lie. See what I mean? Uh, what the heck is this? It's growing orange. This It's supposed to be an apple tree. You know what I mean? So that's that's the issue here. Okay. So it says if we walk, if we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus' his Son cleanses us from all sins. If we say, watch this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Mm. If you say, hey, I don't have no sin, you deceive yourselves. The truth is not in us. So he's talking about, see see how it seems like he's swinging back and forth. Like He's saying, if you keep on doing it, if you give yourself over to this reprobate mind, in a sense, you know, uh, then the truth's not in you. Okay, But if you also say, I don't ever sin, then, then you're missing it too. Does that make sense? There's this balance. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Watch this, verse 9. I love this. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Okay? My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. He's are talking to Christians. In other words, just because you're a Christian... Doesn't mean you don't ever sin. But I'm writing these things so that you can overcome sin. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. All right, so you see how 1 John, or the, the, the book of John here, the first book of 1 John here, it's, he's attacking this hyper grace message. Yeah. But he's also showing you that it, it, there's no, it's not that it, it's hopeless. You, you, you're, you're born again, you sinned. Alright, go repent. The key is repentance. You know, the key is repentance to overcome the works of the devil. Does that make sense? We are now on an assault against the works of the devil in our life. That's a good word, bro. That's a good word. Um, you know, I want to mention one thing back there in Judges, Judges chapter 6.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, he was getting mad at God because of his situation. He said, God, if you were for us, then how come we're in this situation? <coughs> Right? Let's go back to that. Exodus chapter 6. I mean, I mean, Gen- judges. judges chapter 6. I want to show you something I, I got when he was reading this a second ago. Judges chapter 6, it says, The Lord uh, is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might might of yours and and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? All right, so this is so interesting. You know, if, I I dare say, if you're in a walk in your life and you say to yourself, man, if God was really loving us, then why would he allow all this to happen? If you ever say that, then I would say that God's probably calling you to do something. If you recognize an issue, that there's an oppression of some sort, then maybe God's calling you to make a difference. What we want to do all the time is we want to point it all on God and say, well, it's all God's fault. First of all, it wasn't God's fault. God didn't even defend himself. It's like, this is a waste of my time. You're wasting my time asking this question. First of all, if you study the Book of Judges, you realize that people are wicked. Yep. They deserved everything they got.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. So Gideon is oh the Lord's with us. He's almost mocking the Lord, you know. <laughs> they deserved everything they got, you know. And but the Lord didn't even say nothing about that. He just said, "Ah, fast forward. Okay, didn't I just send you? Hey, hey, I, I'm sending you. Hey, um, quit complaining, quit grumbling." talking about how how life is just against you i'm sending you to make a difference you know and that's what we do a lot of times a lot of people they'll say well if i was the boss i would do it like this you know if y'all listen to the initiative uh taking initiative teaching i got here the initiative matrix it goes into um a lot of this that how a lot of people have a victim mentality you know and they they want to blame someone else for all their problems instead of taking responsibility and saying, I'm going to be the one that makes a difference. Yeah. And so, you see this moment in Gideon's life where he was wanting to pass the buck to God and God just said, I just called you to make a difference. Yeah. So quit sitting there on your rear complaining about how the Lord's against us. Did I not just say I'm with you? See what you got? Listen, you've got to remember the word of God trumps your experience. Listen, the word from God Word of God trumps your experience, okay? If if you're doing well and you're a billionaire and your business is thriving and the Lord says, I want you to quit and go into ministry, well, do it. the Word of God trumps your experience. Well, God's with me on this one. No, He's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I he told you to quit. He told you to quit. He just told you to quit. Mm-hmm. You need to do not gauge God being with you by your success or failure. God's not a liar, right? God is not a liar. Right? Oh my God is not a liar. Whatever he says comes to pass. It's That's so, what? if, listen, listen, if you're in a situation where it's not happening and God says it, then guess what? His word triumphs over that situation and then it becomes a reality. faith. Mm. God's word completely changes your experience. It takes faith to believe it and faith to make it happen, okay? But if, if, let me, let me show you how, how awesome the word of God is. God could lie, and when he lied, it would become reality. For instance, in the beginning, when it was dark, God said, let there be light. Light didn't exist. If you were standing there with God in the room, and it was dark, and God said, let there be light, you'd be like, what are you talking about, man? That's a lie. Yeah, but I am the truth. Mm. So when God said it, boom, it just became reality. You have to understand that God's is, God is incapable of lying. Because when he said it, it yeah, becomes the truth. Right okay? He's the author of all truth. Mm. It was truth because he said it was the truth. You see?
1: Author, sure of our faith. What?
0: He's, it's the beginning and the end. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just crazy, dude. Everything he's saying, bro. Everything that God says, it just becomes. Alright? So, when he came to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you. Mighty men of valor. First of all, we notice that Gideon was experienced being a coward. He was. He did not feel confident, right? Mm. He said, I'm the least of the least of the least, right? And weakest. And the weakest. And God looked at him and said, you're a mighty man of valor.
1: Mm.
0: You see? He looked at the darkness and said, let there be light. Mm. Again, once more time. He said, oh, the Lord's with you. But my experience is that the Lord's not with me. But I just said the Lord's with you. <laughs> But but God, if you were with me, I just said, I'm with you. Yes. Like, I'm not a liar. Like, will you stop questioning what I'm saying? That's pride. Yeah. If we could get it, man. You're in the middle of the situation. It looks like all hell's breaking loose in your life. And the Lord says, I'm with you. It's insecurity. Pride. We have to believe the word of God over our experience. Mm -hmm. Good or bad. And we have to take it to the bank. It's
1: really good stuff.
0: When you don't embrace what the Lord says, then it's pride. And lack of humility. And it's unbelief. Basically, belief is agreeing with God. And abandoning your thoughts. So, so many people use this passage, Isaiah 55 to say, well, Whatever happens happens, and that's God's will, right? You know, if it happens, like they quote this verse. How many times y'all heard this verse? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Declares the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. For the heavens, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right? So here's the deal. This is the truth. God's ways are higher than our ways, right? All right. So check this out. Everyone says this. Like, let's say you pray for somebody and they die of cancer. They're gonna then and God and then say, "Well, God says His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts." Okay, God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But people say this all the time. Like, well, grandma died. Must be God's will, you know? Well, first of all, everyone's gonna die, you know, unless you walk with the Lord so purely, like Enoch and Elijah, you know, and are just taken up. You know what I mean? So that pretty much blasts that idea out of the water. Oh yeah, I guess not everybody has to die. Hmm. Oh, it's a, but the Bible says that you know it's appointed for every man to die. I just like to take into account the whole Bible. You know, why can't we take into account the whole Bible? Why do we have to like pick and choose what we want to believe? You know, you you know why it's people don't that. want it? It's unbelief. God's good. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know what that means? That means that what he says is better than what you think. That's what that means.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So here's the question: Whenever you experience, here's my question: When you experienced what you experienced, did you hear God, or did you just watch it happen? Most of the time, people aren't hearing God.
1: Yeah.
0: Most of the time, people are just watching it happen. That's good. And then they think, well, that must be God. No. You know. And that is a really bad way of doing Christianity. That's a really bad way to walk with God. Nobody who was actually a mighty man of God walked like that. Well, here's what I'm going to do, man. I'm just going to do this. Oh, and if this happens, oh, hey, that was God. You know? <laughs> you know? If you study it out, these people who actually were men of faith, first of all, they heard God, they obeyed, and then saw God move. Okay, let me say that again. Here's the cycle of faith. You hear God. Put that on the please. <clears throat> you hear God, you obey, and then you watch God move. That's the cycle of faith. If you don't hear God... Let me write this down. Please, sir. The cycle of faith. You hear God, obey, and watch God move. Okay? Okay? That's the cycle. Now, here's the deal. If you just watched God, didn't obey, and didn't hear, you're not in faith. You hear me? If you watched God, and you did not hear first, and did not obey first, then you're not walking in faith. You're walking in faith. Faith and faith are not the same thing. Y'all hear that? Faith and faith are not the same thing. this, this, is consuming our churches nowadays. This idea of, well, whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens is God's will, you know? But that's what we do, man. We grow up in our churches. We believe, well, whatever happens, happens. is God's will. You know, it's not true. It's not true. And you know where they get it from is they get it from that prayer in the garden whenever Jesus is praying. He says, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. And then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, here's the problem with that teaching. People, Hey, every time we pray, we're going to close out like that. You're going to pray. Hey, let's pray for so-and-so to get healed from cancer. But Father, if it's your will, let your will be done, not ours. Okay? Well, first of all... Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's just tear that one apart, okay? Real quick. When Jesus prayed that prayer in the garden, he said, if it be thy will... Okay? Watch this. First of all, when Abraham heard God, go kill your son. Okay? He took his son up on the mountain. He was following God. He was obeying God. He got there, he was going to kill his son, just about to stab his son when the angel said, stop, don't kill your son. Abraham heard a word from God and obeyed. Mm -hmm. Then he heard a second word and obeyed. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. Jesus is the sacrificial lamb that replaced Isaac. Jesus is going to the garden and he's listening to God, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. I am on this mountain and in a sense abraham's about to stab me and if you've got another way let me know <laughs> right now why because he's about to be taken away he's about to be arrested he's in the garden he knows not to mention he already prophesied like two or three times What's going that he was gonna die and rise again he prophesied it jesus already knew i'm gonna die he already knew so whenever he sat there in the garden, he said, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. First of all, Jesus always said this, I never do anything and I don't see my father doing. So I don't do anything I don't see my father doing. This is means that Jesus could hear God. So I have a question. Do you think Jesus was surprised when he got arrested? No. no. He <laughs> knew that was God's will. He knew it was the will of God. You know what the problem is when we pray that prayer, if it be thy will, the question the problem is we don't know the will of God. Mm-hmm. That's why we're praying that. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. See, Jesus prayed that prayer because he was waiting to hear. Mm. If it be your will, is it, Father, what are you telling me? Oh, you want me to go to the cross. Mm. See, Jesus heard the word of God Ooh, in the garden. It's powerful stuff. Oh, oh, it's, it's not your will. Mm. Mm, you want me to die. And then he says, not my will, your will be done. In other words, I'm going to submit to what you're telling me now. That's good. Because Jesus could hear the Father. Yes. He heard the Father say, You're going to die, and you're going to rise again. So he said, so when so when he said, Not my will, your will be done, that was a statement. That was a statement of submission to what he already knew the will of God was. It's a good word. Okay? So when he said, Not my will, but your will be done, he was saying, Yes, sir. You see what I'm saying? Now, how many times we pray that prayer, if it be your will? You know, the truth is we aren't hearing God. We're waiting for something to happen to confirm that this was the will of God. And that's not what Jesus did. Jesus was hearing the voice of his Father.
1: He took off.
0: And then he obeyed. Submit. So, Hmm. here's a question. When you pray that prayer, are you submitting to something you just heard God say? No, because you can't hear God. That's the truth. Most people are not hearing God. Hmm. Most people, I mean, every time they pray that prayer, They don't know the will of God. That's why they're saying that. Hmm. Because they want God to somehow pop in and, you know, whatever your will be done. You know what I mean?
1: Does
0: that make sense? It's a very dangerous prayer to pray. It's it's a prayer of unbelief.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay? And you won't get what you're asking for. I'm just saying. If you're praying that prayer, you're probably not going to get what you asked for. Unless somebody else in the room had faith and didn't pray that way. And then they got what they asked for. And then it looked like you got what you asked for. Hmm. What is (laughs) It makes sense. Prayer always moves something. God always uses a man of faith to operate on this earth. That's the way he's designed it. <coughs> um, we talk about that being the one man in the room that has faith, you know. But you have to but faith comes by hearing. And doing, right?
1: Faith
0: comes by hearing the word of God, right? And doing? Uh, faith is completed by doing. Okay? But faith comes by hearing. By hearing. Faith is completed by doing. It's a good word. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is completed by doing. Alright, so God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Okay? So let's check this out. We see Isaiah 53. So people use this verse all the time to explain why bad things happen when you didn't want them to happen. That's I mean I mean, that's like, hey, if you're going through a tough time and everything went to, you know, hell in a handbasket, hey, let me give you. Let me give you a scripture verse. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. For God's ways are higher than our ways. This should help you through your trial. I'm sorry. I'm not trying. To... As <laughs> what I do. Every time. You're going through a hard time? Hey, God's ways are higher than your ways. Man, this is not what it's talking about at all. If you actually study it in context, you'll understand that it has nothing to do with catastrophe. It actually has everything to do with mercy okay um, Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus dying on the cross rising again setting us free from our sin okay getting us um, uh, set, setting us free from our sin and our sickness Isaiah 54 is talking about how now that you're establishing a covenant of peace with God write this up here for y'all okay <coughs> Isaiah 53 is talking about the crucifixion. Okay? And about salvation. And about healing. Isaiah 54 is talking about um, how God will not be angry with you anymore. You're established. in covenant of peace with God. And it says in Isaiah 54, if anyone fiercely assails you, it's not from me. Right? So we can see that Isaiah 54, and so Isaiah 53 is talking about Jesus, what he did for us. Isaiah 54 is saying, this is how our relationship is now. We're now at peace. I'm not sending anything against you. you any weapon formed against you, i prosper. Right? A bunch of promises about how basically I... I did everything possible to get you back, and now I'm not against you. Make sense? Isaiah 55 is saying, not just you, Israel, but everyone. Now, this offended some people, because they're like, wait a minute, I thought we were chosen people. And God's like, my ways are higher than your ways. Isaiah 55, that verse, is actually talking about the goodness of God. They, all they experienced was judgment, judgment, judgment. Why? Because they sinned, and they deserved it. Right? But now, something's happening. God's saying, I'm going to change something here. I'm going to buy you back. I'm going to put you in a covenant of perfect peace with me. I will not come against you anymore. And not only is it for you, but it's for everyone in the whole world. Mm. And you're going to say, wait a minute. This is just too good to be true. And God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. So you know when I use this scripture verse now? When I look at somebody dying of cancer.
1: Mm.
0: And I pray for them. And I have unbelief. And I say god's ways are higher than my ways his thoughts are higher than my thoughts god says that by his stripes we are healed so his ways are higher than my ways his thoughts are higher than my thoughts i look at it and say it's impossible but god says nothing's impossible so that's what that verse is saying that verse has nothing to do with oh fate happened and well it must have been god's will so-and-so died of this disease it's actually saying in the trial when you're believing and you struggle with unbelief you need to remember that god's ways are higher than your ways his thoughts are higher than your thoughts and they're going to get healed. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> You're trying
2: to ju- they're, they're trying to justify the bad with that. But if God's ways were higher, it wouldn't be the bad. You'd be justifying the good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Whenever you say, "I'm so unlovable, how could God love me?" Mm. But my ways are higher than your ways. My that's thoughts right, are right. higher than your thoughts. Mm. How could you forgive me of my sin? My, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You know? Well, I can't have kids. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Not only that, but they're just... just—they're. The, I think the hu- humanly
1: perspective, or us as beings, like, <coughs> people, uh, perspective-wise, they're trying to look at their c- circumstances or reality and trying to uh, figure out what's happening before them to justify yeah. God's actions.
0: I can't, yeah. They're, well, they think that God did it. Correct. But the truth is, um, it's just lack of faith on our part. Correct. You know, I can't overcome my addiction, but God's ways are higher than my ways, and His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You know? I have an identity crisis. I don't know who I am, and I'm struggling with my sexuality, but my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Correct. Mm-hmm. You see? God, God's Word is, must we must let it trump our experience
2: Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us again this week. We try and release one of these podcasts, one of these videos every single Monday. So uh, continue to stay tuned uh, for what's in store because we got some big plans, big things. And we could not do it without our viewers and without you guys supporting us and sponsoring us along the way. Uh, Be sure to check out our website at BALMZS.com. And if you liked what you heard, you, you enjoyed it, go ahead and click that give button. Um, what that's going to do is that's going to send you to a page where you'll see all of our ministry outlets, uh, and you can give, uh, either one time or also consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Like I said, we could not do this without our sponsors. Um, so also check out our Facebook page. We got two, we got the Bold as a Lion Ministries page. Uh, and then also we have a Daily Bomb, uh, page. And what that does is it kind of promotes everything that's going on on the daily, um, Hence the name, Daily Balm, and that balm is B-A-L-M, standing for Bold as line Ministries, or for a Soothing Ointment. So, um, totally check those out, like and share those. Check out our YouTube page. We got videos posted, like I said, every single Monday. Uh, we got a lot of things planned. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, at The Daily Balm. Uh, also, uh, check out our podcast on iTunes, and... And Google Play. Subscribe to those. We gotta have your support, guys. We got them. Uh, We got a lot of things in the future. So be sure to like, share, subscribe, and have a blessed day. We'll see you next week.